Gamers Cafe is open for everything that's going on in the gaming industry. And it goes between tips, tricks, gaming news, gaming reviews, and everything in between. I'm your host, Brett Deister, so let's get on with it. All right, so some Korean students uh, actually made a VR rig for Overwatch. That's right, the ever-popular Overwatch game has a VR gaming rig. I mean, it's kind of, it's jury-rigged, and they kind of built it themselves, it looks kind of interesting in the way that it is a free-forming, you can run around, well, you'll be suspended in place, but you can run around in the gaming environment, shoot with the toy gun, even punch somebody in the face, and it actually, that's actually pretty cool, uh, especially for Overwatch. Now, there is some latency lag or latency with it, so it's not extremely responsive, but the possibilities of this actually happening and actually being able to, you know, use your whole body actually get some great workout in some ways with it as well is really great and encouraging so i'm hoping that someone actually figures out or gets in contact with these high school students yes by the way i didn't say that but they are high school students that did this and you know kind of goes we like what you're doing maybe uh we should work together with it so they could you know get some money off of this maybe start a career through this as well but it's a really great thing that i'm actually really Excited to see where it goes with that. But, I mean, moving around, shooting, and even punching somebody. I mean, what's I mean, that's everything in Overwatch. So the only thing I'm interested to see is how they're gonna actually going to be able to use the abilities. But beyond that, because uh, it didn't really show too much on it. But beyond that, um, everything actually looks uh, pretty good with it. So it should be interesting to see uh, what goes on beyond this. If actually anything will come up, come about this I should say so I will keep you updated if there's anything else that's going on with this but right now that looks very very interesting all right so next it's gonna be more about overwatch but uh, more specifically kind of the patches and nerfs and everything going on between so in the new overwatch uh, public test server uh, they actually have nerfs for Anna and diva so um, what what kind of saw was that Anna's uh, biotic uh, grenade kind of um, healed a lot. So what happened is that people figured out a really good strategy uh, for it where they did kind of did three main tanks and Anna. And what they would do is they would throw the biotic grenade and then they kind of would win because it, it, it healed a lot. Uh, so what they're going to be testing out is um, reducing that by 50%. So... Uh, that uh, type of strategy won't happen, and they're trying to get people to um, readjust to a different strategy. So it could work, it could not. Uh, it should be interesting to see what the PTR actually says about this, and if it actually is a viable thing to do, or if they're just not going to do it at all whatsoever. So check that out. Uh, more importantly, another thing is that uh, Diva is also getting one, and that is more for her large heal pulls so before she had her her total life still still gonna be 600 but she had 400 armor it's gonna be brought down to 200 armor uh so what this is actually going to do is kind of help uh those hard uh counters actually <laughs> be able to counter a little bit better also um the damage per bullet is down from two from three 
Uh, and then her increased bullet per shot is actually up from 8 to 11. So you get more bullets coming out, but less damage. So it kind of a little bit evens out, but this is to help uh, like characters like Reaper actually be able to counter them as well. Um, but that's really kind of about it for the nerfs. Now, um, Sombra does get a slight buff to herself as well um, because they, they thought she needed a slight buff. So the hacking, to, so to hack a target uh, is from one second to 0.8 seconds. So it's a slight decrease in the hacking ability, but that's about it. Uh, beyond that, there's really is no um, nerfs uh, to be had right now. But the main problem was is that the dominant strategy of uh, having, let's say, Diva and Reinhardt in a third tank um, with Anna and the rapid healing ability kind of made it um, uh, really easy to do the triple tank meta and allowed uh, well a lot of teams just to, to primarily do that and Blizzard doesn't really want that they want more team different team compositions and if this keeps on happening most people wouldn't do it so that's why they did it you can disagree with it all you want but that's just what what they what they're doing yeah that's really what they're doing all right there is another thing going on with Overwatch. Um, it actually has to do with um, Roadhog's hook. So the hook's finally getting fixed. So the hook was kind of an interesting little thing because uh, I've played uh, Roadhog before. I like him, he's pretty. It's pretty fun to play with, it, especially if you're really good at the hook, the ability to hook. But the problem was is that you could hook people through walls and over cliffs and all those other th things that was a little annoying, um, to say the least. And the problem was is that. Um, it would kind of, like, how the game worked is that once you threw the hook, the hook would kind of calibrate with where the hook was going uh, from the character instead of where Roadhog was. So they're fixing that so it's be able to, so it won't be able to actually hook people through walls or anything like that. So what it will do is a fixed target on, and it'll be a, a, an adaptive um, algorithm to help uh, know where uh, Roadhog is. So when he throws the hook and the character is, let's say, behind a wall, it'll hit back and won't actually get the character back there as well. Um, so it has to have what they call persistent line of sight check is what they're really calling it. Um, so that should help um, players a little bit with the, kind of the whole, oh, I got hooked and I was behind this wall. How the heck did I get hooked? Uh, if I'm behind a wall, it shouldn't actually happen. So that's the least they're fixing that finally. I mean, that was only a few, that was only one major concern uh, with Roadhog, I mean, he's a pretty good character regardless, and he doesn't really have too many exploits that I know, but that was one of the bigger ones. Um, not because of the player's fault, it's more because of the design flaw with that as well. So, I mean, it's a small nerf, but I don't think it'll really um, damage the the viability of the character in general. Um, but, I mean, it is a small, it is a small nerf uh, that I'm more than happy about ha having, because, I mean, it does, it does at least... Uh, make it a little bit more skill-based to actually get that person before they go behind the wall instead of just hooking, I was behind the wall, how did you do it, type of a thing. So that's that's one to look out for, especially if you love to play Roadhog and play him quite a bit. Um, but eh, that, that's, 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 what, that's what may happen. As always, it's going to go in the public test realm first and then eventually go over to the main game. 
All right, next up, next up is um, there is this um, kind of this exploit for the ice wall that kind of allows uh, May to get to places that she actually shouldn't. And, um, well, Blizzard, the Overwatch director, is really not happy about this. And he, he says if they find out of any aggressive players that actually do this where they are able to get to a place they shouldn't be getting and can't really do get any damage by it, they will be punished and... For all my listeners out there, if you do play it, know this, that Blizzard will ban you. They have done it before on hacking, and they will do it with this. So if you are doing it or have done it, I would actually stop doing it. They said they did. They found they found the problem with it, and they supposedly fixed it, um, but don't really know for sure if that actually happened. But I will say this. Uh... I would be aware of that and make sure that you are actually not um, not doing it because if you are found out and someone complains about it and has video proof that you're doing it, you could get banned and that wouldn't be very good. You should don't get banned because it's it's Overwatch. It's a very fun game. You, sh- you shouldn't get banned for that at all. So I would um, I would be sure that you don't do it that. At all. I mean, I'm not. I'm not for glitching. I'm not for players knowing that there's a glitch and actually uh, exploiting the glitch. Um, I mean, if it happens and you do it once by accident, fine. That that's all well and good because you didn't really know about it. But if you purposely know about it and you actually still continue to do that, yeah, I'm. I'm not. I I have no sympathy for you if you get banned for that. Um, just know that I will. There will be no tear to shed for uh, glitchers that ex- are basically exploiters. Um, because basically you make you don't make the game fun for anybody. You just make the game fun for yourself, and you kind of exploit cheat that you probably shouldn't be exploiting, and probably should have told the developer anyways. But like I said, not everybody likes to play fair, and they just want to win. And kids, people. I mean, we have we have problems with with just you know being trustworthy most of the time. Uh, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully they've they fixed the glitch and hopefully it will never happen again or there might be a new one i mean there's always new stuff but it's surprising how many uh, how many glitches there aren't in overwatch when there could be so much more i mean division had a huge problem with glitches and they've spent almost a year trying to get rid of that um that uh, stain on their game which uh probably hasn't really happened too much yet because they still have still have a problem with player count i mean they've said it's it's going back up but i don't foresee it actually going back up to original launch um so anyways moving on so uh netgear has nighthawk s8000 for gaming media switch that's right the switch um basically what this is is basically it allows you to you know be able to switch and it has four different types of ports uh with uh Aggregated together a maximum of four gigabytes per second uh, transfer speed on a single connection, which is pretty good if you actually have a um, internet connection that can go that fast. I really don't. Um, but it also does have, and this is more important thing about the switch and the media center and everything that it holds as well. Um, it also has a, a web managed switch that provides um, pro port based quality of service. So basically, it's protection against uh, denial of service attacks or DDoS and four levels of traffic prioritization, which is always good to have, especially for gaming or anything else uh, media related, because it can be a lot um, considering what media what media uh, 
needs from all that stuff, but also from what gaming needs. Is ga gaming is uh, quite hefty on the internet um, connection speeds as well. Um, another thing is it's great that it actually has protection against it, but I would not um, put my whole hopes on this. The reason being is because uh, denial of service or even dedicated denial of service attacks, which is more common, uh, can be kind of hard to actually predict and even, um, uh, you know, kind of thwart, I guess you would say. So it's good that there is a denial of service attack. I don't think a lot of people actually get too many DDoS attacks, unlike Blizzard or any other gaming industry or even any other internet company. But... Um, yeah, it's going to be a little bit difficult if someone actually wants to do a dedicated denial of service. If they just want to do a denial of service attacks, that's a little bit different. But if it's a dedicated denial of service attacks, which is actually the most common way of, um, of you know, getting around uh, different types of protections, um, it's a little bit more difficult to protect that. But at least someone's trying to do it. Now, de depending on how good it is, it could be really good or it could be just completely worthless. But beyond that, the media... Um, uh, the media switch is actually really good and it's pretty well renowned for uh, Netgear, so a lot of people like it. So it's good to see that the they have a new one, especially for the switch between gaming and media, because we all need those switches. Like um, to gaming, switch it. Nope, media, switch it. But it's always good. It's always good. All right, Steam has a new beta update that kind of well, it allows you to finally uh, configure your Xbox One and Xbox uh, 360 controllers. So basically, it is. Um, usable on Steam. You don't have to use just the Steam controller. Now you can use the PlayStation controller and the Xbox controllers as well. And there's different ways of um, configuring that too. So if you don't have a Steam controller, which is actually a pretty good controller, uh, this is a better way of doing it. Uh, I think the Xbox controllers are great. The PS4 controller is also great as well. So you have a lot of options. It also has uh, generic X inputs for uh, controller customization. So basically it has... A <laughs> You could do almost any one of your controllers you can customize as well, but since it has the Xbox and the PlayStation uh, being uh, allowed on Steam, it basically almost has most of the controllers covered. Not saying that any other company doesn't make controllers, but it has most of them at least, because a lot of people like the Microsoft and Sony controllers for Xbox or PlayStation. Usually the best ones is from the actual... Um, manufacturer i'm saying that any other one isn't but it's not like mice on pcs where it's where uh third-party ones are actually really good like the logitech pro gaming mouse it's a pretty good mouse you should really try it out but yeah that's the beta update now it's a beta update only so you have to go into the options and uh, turn on beta participation to actually get it if you don't have that then you can't get it until it actually launches for everybody just to note that all right, so I have to talk about this because it's kind of weird, and this is, this is what happens with uh, the Consumer Electronics Show, or CES, is that the, a lot of interesting and weird things come out. So Razer came out, or announced, I should say, uh, a new laptop that has three monitors. That's right, not just one, but three. And uh, there's no hinges or snaps, it just automatically does it for you. Now, the, the thing is, is that each monitor is a 17-inch 4K monitor with NVIDIA's G-Sync anti-screen uh, technology. That's what G-Sync is. Um, the resolution is 11, uh, is quite high for it. Uh, it's, um, it is 11,520 uh, by 
2160, so I mean, the width is always going to be longer because it's three monitors put together. Um, with it, the specs are it has a GTX 1080 and 32 gigs of RAM, which is pretty good. Um, and it also has um, it's uh, it's basically a cooling solution that will help monitor the heat because you especially need to with <laughs> three monitors. It will will add up the heat as well. It's going to be thicker, obviously, because of three monitors as well. It's um, so it's twice. It, so if you think of the Razer Blade Pro, it's about uh, at 1.5 inches when all folded up. Um, so think about it a little bit thicker than that. The weight's probably going to be a little bit bigger than that. Um, my thing is, is that this is completely not needed for a laptop. If you're thinking of a laptop, you're thinking more portable. This thing would take up a lot of room, which you probably get some people upset about because you're opening up three monitors. Now, if there was an option to not open up the three monitors and just use one of them, that could be interesting as well. But if it's just you open it up and three monitors are set up like that, don't think uh, most people would consider that really useful. I don't consider it useful. I think it looks kind of cool, but to be honest with you, I don't find it useful in the slightest, in the bit, at all. It doesn't look useful at all. That's just my thing. Looks cool, but it's not useful. Um, I mean, eventually, if we can get monitors to be really thin, almost like paperweight thin, it could actually be a viable um, option. But right now, monitors are are thin. They've been they've always become thinner every year. It's just not to the point where I'm kind of satisfied with that yet. But if you really want to drop quite a bit of money for it because it's not going to be cheap by all means. Um, because the Razer Blade Pro, which is already out, is, well, it's almost $4,000. So if you add two extra monitors that are 4K as well, or three monitors together that are 4K, you're looking probably closer to $10,000 because of the three uh, 4K monitors. So if you have that kind of money, well, I, I really want to talk to you because I really want to know where you got that money. Anyways, um, moving on. Now, Corsair announced uh, two new uh, peripherals. One is the K95 R RGB Platinum keyboard, which actually looks pretty interesting. It's got, um, obviously, the anti-ghosting key typing to be the most precise typing. Also, it's got the Cherry MX Speed and the RGB Brown uh, key switch with, as they call it, aircraft-grade anonymized brushed aluminum frame. Um, that makes the Corsair says makes it lightweight and rugged. Now, if that actually happens, uh, it's awesome. It also comes with a full-size keyboard with pad and six textured and programmable G keys uh, for in-game macros and dedicated media controls as well. Um, the most interesting thing is um, not really all the keys are great and awesome and, and all the other uh, stuff, but the, also the the memory to save it on. Um, allows it to be uh, completely configured to be, do multiple different um, types of control schemes for any system as well. So that's the biggest part about it as well. Um, now also with that, they also announced the uh, Scimitar Pro RGB as well. Um, this one is kind of based off of this, the non-pro line and it has the 12 button design. Now this is more for like Moabs and um, and uh, 
MOBA games. Uh, I just said that, but MMOs and Mo MOBA games. I said the same thing twice, but that's what I was really saying. Uh, this is more for that. It's got 12 on the right side of it. It's got 12 different buttons. If you if you got fat fingers like me, those just really aren't going to work. I've never really found those really useful, but if you're the type of person that plays League of Legends or Dota 2 or Smite or any of those quite often, this could actually could be a really big help for you. But like I said, I've never really found these very um, useful. Um, the keys, I just probably with my thumb, I'd probably press like five of them at one time. So I'd probably be like activating five different skills and be like, I just wanted the that one i just messed up my whole macro and strategy well there goes me um but the great thing is a 16,000 dpi which is always really good and the pmw uh, 3367 optical sensor uh which is in partnership with uh pixar art as well um so you have that uh you have quite a bit of options for that now the Smitar pro is is available it's eight dollars in black or yellow or yeah black or yellow so you have a, a few options for that um i think the black actually looks a little bit better but if you like yellow that it's an option for you as well uh it also lights up too because i mean we gamers love our lights Ooh, it's the lights the lights are going everywhere like i said i think if the price ever comes out because it's launching the the keyboard's launching later this month Finding out the price of that one would actually be a bigger deal for me because I think those are actually, I think a good keyboard is much more useful than a 12 key uh, mouse. But if you don't have as, as fat of fingers as I do, then you don't have to worry about it whatsoever. You really don't. All right, moving on to XCOM. So XCOM, the uh, reboot version of this new series, um, had a really good mod called Long Warren. It was done by a group of uh, modders and people loved it because it was a little bit more uh, in-depth and different types of strategies. Uh, your uh, green or rookie units didn't fire as well <laughs> against enemies, which kind of made it for frustrating. It's like, but you're right there. You're not that far away. You're going to die. Oh, well, that was, that, was, that was a move. But also other um, improvements like officers and other things as well. And also made the enemies a little bit more difficult to kill and enemies had different strengths and weaknesses. Well... Long War 2 is announced for XCOM 2, so the same developer who uh, changed their name as well um, is making the second version of it as well, which is great because I think Long War 2 is going to be just as good, just as awesome as the first one, uh, hopefully with a little bit better um, use of the uh, concealment uh, type of ability that w was there in XCOM 2, but it had like a turn-based style system where you only were concealed for a certain amount of time, which was kind of annoying because it's like, if I'm not found out yet, I shouldn't be concealed. I hope that you also change the um, length of time you have until you can leave like certain objectives. I hope that they will start like that timer when you get unconcealed um, or be found out because you had to fire on somebody as well and just have a little bit different types of buffs for concealment too uh, i think it would be really cool as well and just kind of like hit upon that as well and probably other improvements that i probably actually haven't thought of but i'm really excited for it and hope to see that uh coming out soon yes mm -hmm. it's gonna happen all right so the developer of homeworld deserts of uh karat 
uh, has teased uh, some new pictures of a jet and said Happy New Year. And so all the fans are going, is this uh, kind of like a DLC or a new game for it? Um, one has kind of like jumped the jumped a gun or jumped a bridge or tried to find logic into uh, kind of either a sequel or some planned expansion pack for Homeworld uh, Skies of Karat confirmed, but um, they, they laughed it off saying, no, it's probably not it. So we don't really know what it is. They're kind of just teasing it for us. But I'm excited because... Homeworld Desert of Karat was actually a really good game. Uh, so if you are a fantasy, or not a fantasy, a strategy type uh, fan and love strategy games, that's the one you should check out. It came out in 2016, no, 15 maybe, a year or two ago. Uh, so check it out because it's actually a really good game. I actually liked it a lot. All right, so also CES, NVIDIA kind of did its keynote and kind of uh, brought out... Mass Effect and Drama gameplay now. It was a really kind of short, sweet gameplay. It's about two minutes long. But it, it did give some tidbits. Um, one of the interesting things is changing classes on the fly or in real time. Uh, so you aren't locked into a specific class, which could actually... It, it shows some interesting game gameplay for that as well. But that's, I guess, uh, it's... Because the previous Mass Effects, you had to pick one class, and that was your class, and you had your your little team uh, to kind of fill out what your uh, weaknesses were as well. So basically what this is saying is that you, you may not actually need your other team because you'll just switch. But I'm pretty sure that isn't true because you'll have to take out different hordes of uh, baddies because they're, they're all around. But the, the other great thing is that we also know the release date. So the release date is March 21st. To 2017, so that's in about uh, three months, two, three months, three months. Uh, so we get that, but like I said, it's a very short, sweet little um, tidbit trailer of showing little bits of what Mass Effect Andromeda could be. Uh, I do think that the quick switching of different classes could be an interesting is going to <laughs> could be no is going to be. Uh, interesting way of playing the game and just figuring out the best strategy for switching on the fly as well could be a lot more fun a lot more strategy to that as well uh the combat looks very fast fluid and less of hiding behind um structures apparently apparently they're getting rid of the either they're getting rid of the cover system or the cover system isn't being as um featured as before which is to me i'm like okay i mean the Gameplay trailer, it looks like the guy almost died a couple, or was close to dying a couple times, but actually didn't, but he was low on health. Um, so, I mean, they could have gotten rid of it. They couldn't, I, we, I don't really know because the trailer didn't show much, if any, at all. Also, another new router from Linksys. That's right, Linksys actually has a new router that's going to actually prioritize gaming. That's right, for all my gamers out there, this is probably the best router for you unless you don't really want your family members to hate you for that um so what it does is that it will automatically figure out if someone's playing a game and prioritize all the bandwidth for that game and uh degrade the other ones um from using more of the speeds because well you need all of the process or the um, internet for your gaming needs yes it, it's going to happen but it does look interesting um it's not cheap it's three hundred dollars so it's, that's that's nothing to look at but it's also optimized for multi-users multi-input multi-output 
uh, with the custom firmware. It's also open source with OpenWTR and DDWTR as well. So if you want a little extra control, you can do that as well, but it also has a way for automatically doing it as well. It also comes with external storage with built-in USB 3.0 port, so it's not the newest USB, but it's not that old as well. Um, for this one, for this router, it comes with a 1.8 gigahertz dual-core processor uh, as well. It also does dual-band 2.4 and 5 gigahertz um, for your internet speeds too. So it's a pretty steep price for a router, but if you are the type of person that plays a lot of games and you want to make sure you're getting the fastest speeds possible, this might be the one for you. Of course, if you're the only person using your system, then I think $300 is a little overkill for just yourself because this is a multi-port thing. Anyways, moving on to Firewatch. Yes, the... Um, as some people call it, the walking simulator, which I agree a little bit to it, um, with a not-so-good ending, or I didn't think actually it was a very good ending, has sold more than a million copies. That's right, more than one million copies. Uh, and it looks like at least 500,000 have been sold on the PC, which is actually a really good thing. But um, I enjoyed my first playthrough, but the thing is, is that I wouldn't play it again because there's only so many things you can do in that game, and it's it there. It is a very limiting type of a game where you are kind of shoehorned into walking into, into different types of trails and not going off into other. It's not very open world type of a thing. Uh, the writing was pretty. Most part was pretty good. I thought the story fell apart at the end. That was my thing about it. I thought the voice acting was really good. Uh, but beyond that, I didn't think it was a game that good. Like I said, it was a one-off game. So if you don't mind spending $15, $20 for a one-off game, that's up to you. But like I said, I wasn't to it. But I want to say kudos to Campo Santo for... Um, for actually uh, making a game that people actually wanted to buy. I mean, like I said, not a bad game. Very, It looks very good. Very beautiful game. Uh, it's just, I didn't really think it was as good as it could have been. Like I said, my biggest qualm was that the, the story at the end kind of fell apart. Um, it kind of just, I was like, uh, uh, all right, well, I guess this was okay, but could have been better. But that's, that was, that was, that's my opinion about it. Anyways, moving on. If you're still playing Just Cause 3 or stop playing Just Cause 3, well, you can get back into it because Just Cause 3 does have a multiplayer mod. It's now live. Now, it's not done by the people that made the Just Cause 2 multiplayer mod. It's by a different um, modding team that has made multiplayer mods for uh, Mafia 3 and Grand Theft Auto 5. Um, but this one will be able to do uh, lots of people on one server, which is always a good thing. Uh... So that's that's always it's always a really good thing. Uh, but it also says you have the ability to race, skydive, wander around, or blow each other to pieces. Um, and they say the state of the art synchronization reduces lag to a minimum. Uh, supports hundreds of players per server. Completely competitively, uh, can play. You can play competitively or um, cooperatively, depending on what you want to do. Uh, so it's in its beta release right now. So if you don't really want to be a beta tester, then I wouldn't do it. But if you really want to have some multiplayer action with Just Cause 3, then you might want to do it or wait until the full release comes out that's not beta so all the all the um, bugs can be completely gone. 
All right, there's some AMD news. So the first one is that AMD Vega, yes, the new uh, GPU architecture is finally, it's finally been announced. Uh, there's some interesting little tidbits to it. One is that it could, uh, the Vega uh, core count could be a little over 4,000, clocked around 1.5 to 1.6 gigahertz, uh, which basically means is that it could, um, it could be faster than the GTX 1080 and the Titan X as well, or even the uh, 1080 Ti. So it's depending on what it is, but it is 45%, supposedly 45% faster than the Fury X, which is one of the most powerful AMD cards out there. Um, but the target release is the first half of 2017, so it could be uh, anywhere from March to June, July area. We don't really know specifically. Um, but the other interesting thing is, is that Vega will include eight gigs, possibly 16 gigs of HM, HM, HBM, I don't know why I can say it, HBM2 memories in stacks, um, and also deliver the same, uh, 512 gigahertz per second bandwidth as for the four sockets of HBM1 in Fiji. Um, so there is that as well, um. And also, uh, it's also going to have something called a high bandwidth cache controller, which will help uh, with more, or be a more prominent role of helping with um, large data packets. So it kind of uses it more effectively and doesn't kind of like, you know, crash or stutter a little bit, even though it probably wouldn't for quite a while, but it will just help with those large packet data uh, sets, uh, which is another good thing as well. It uh, also, um, there's also a few other things that are going on with it as well. Um, it also has an improved pixel engine with a new data raw, uh, data stream mining uh, resetizer uh, that, will that will help call pixels that aren't visible in the final screen. Uh, so just a lot of different things. It also will have render backends and, uh, and are now clients of the L2 cache as well. So a lot of great things coming out of uh, AMD now. I'm really excited for the Vega because, first of all, Vega is going to be the more powerful line for AMD. Uh, so it won't be the R it won't be the RX 400 line that we've seen before. That's it's kind of the mid-range one. Uh, but AMD has actually done a really good job with uh, the DirectX uh, 12 Vulkan performance more than Nvidia cards has. Um, plus, um, if it is about 45% faster. On the Fury X, then we could see a really good competitor with the uh, GTX 1080 the Titan or the 1080 Ti as well. So we have that as well. Um, they did demo uh, the Doom running 4K Ultra on 65 to 70 frames per second on the Ryzen system, of course, because they wanted to show off that. Um, but like I said, we don't really know specifically because no one's really uh, gotten their hands on it quite yet. But I am really excited for it. I think this actually will be a really good hit for AMD. And if it actually does perform a lot better than, let's say, uh, the, 10, the GTX 1080, then they could have another hit on their hands and even take away more, more of NVIDIA's um, market share, which is, for me, that's always a good idea because I want, I want competition and want to make sure that AMD does survive so we have competition, so AM, so NVIDIA is not taking over everything, so we don't need that. I'm not saying that 
I don't like NVIDIA. It's just I don't want NVIDIA to be the sole provider of graphics cards because they then they get to dictate everything, and I'm not really for that. Also, AMD uh, released uh, FreeSync 2. Now, FreeSync 2 is going to be different from FreeSync because FreeSync didn't really have any set standards whatsoever. Anybody could use it, which kind of made some subpar monitors that weren't as good as, let's say, the G-Sync because the G-Sync is a little bit more expensive, but you have to have be certified by NVIDIA to make sure it works all together well. Now, FreeSync 2 uh, has been announced, and it's going to be a little bit different. So AMD is going to certify them uh, for release. Uh, FreeSync 2 is, use, is going to use Display Ports Adaptive Refresh Open Standards. It's going to it's supposed to have low frame rate compression is required. Uh, some form of HDR must be present, but not specifically HDR10. Um, scalers and processing must meet latency requirements with HDR. And AMG, well, they, they charge no royalties, which is another good thing. So the thing is, is that will FreeSync, the first one, go away? No. Um, it's still going to be around. It's just it's, there's going to still be no set of standards. Now, will FreeSync 2 be more expensive? Yes. The reason is because of the standardizing and the HDR, um, which is called high dynamic range, if you didn't know about it. It's supposed to, you know, bring out more truer colors, have deeper colors, just make it a lot more um, realistic, I guess you could say. Uh, so that is going to be another thing. So if you're looking for a new monitor, this could be something you should look out for. Now, uh, you have to choose between the G-Sync or the FreeSync. Now, FreeSync is a little bit more of an open source, more open platform than the G-Sync. The G-Sync needs to be hardwired into it. The FreeSync doesn't need to be hardwired into it. That's why when you look at the monitors, the FreeSync is also always a lot cheaper. The problem is that the G-Sync monitors are usually a lot better uh, than the FreeSync because of the set standards. Well, FreeSync 2 could help with the with that as well and bring up the set standards a little bit higher, so at least all of them will be able um, to meet standards because that's going to be a biggest... The biggest thing is going to be meet those set standards. That's the only thing that's really going to be required for that. really is. All right. Uh, Dell is going to be shipping a 32-inch monitor, and guess what? It's going to be 8K. That's right. We are not even close to having mass or saturation with the 4K monitors. Dell is like, oh, we don't really care. We're going to go to 8K. Now, 8K is way higher, but the price is way higher, too. So it's going to be about $5,000 if you want this 32-inch um, screen. Now, there has been no reports of HDR being a part of this, but it, it does cover 100% coverage of Adobe RBG and the sRBG color spaces as well. Um, it does have um, 1300 by 1 contrast ratio, uh, 9.7 millimeter bezel, uh, two display ports, uh, also uh, four USB 3.0. Uh, ports and audio inline as well. So there's that. Um, the biggest thing, because this is an 8K resolution, it has it's going to cover over 33.2 million pixels of resolution with 208 pixel per inch. Uh, so that's quite a bit of pixel density right there. Uh, so it'll give you a really nice look of it because uh, it is... It is 8K, so 8K is way above 4K. Um, usually right now, 4Ks are starting to become a little bit more price um, 
the prices are gonna are dropping more. Uh, so you're gonna probably see more people using 4K, um, and graphics cards are are able to handle more 4K resolution. The problem is with 8K is that no graphics card can do it quite yet. You're gonna have to have a, several beefy graphics cards, probably just to be able to play a game with it. Plus, most games don't even support 8K resolution, so you're probably not even gonna see all the um, color. But it could look really nice with it if you're willing to spend five grand and you have that money. I still want to talk to you because I'm I'm wondering where where you got that money because I, I I want that money. All right, moving on to um, Elite Dangerous. So after years of players searching for aliens in Elite Dangerous Universe, well, it looks like one um, one Xbox Xboxer Xbox One user. Um, finally found it, and even though some players were like, I don't really believe it, I think he, this uh, footage was doctored, Elite Dangerous was like, nope, uh, he actually found it, uh, but they are saying mum to everything, but uh, it looks like the aliens are back, or as they called it in Elite Dangerous, the the Thargoid uh, alien race may be actually back. Now, it was a friendly encounter, so he didn't lose anything, which, thank God, is a good thing, but yes, uh, Xbox One user DP Sayray uh, did make contact with an alien race on Elite Dangerous, so be on the lookout for more aliens maybe popping up eventually in Elite Dangerous. Now, Elite Dangerous is actually a really cool game, and I actually really like it. I think it's actually one of the best spacing games out there right now. We're talking a lot, mind you, but it's a pretty good game. Now, if you're looking for one that actually has specific mission objectives, this is not the one for you. This is the one to make your own way and do all that and do exploration like most people do with this. So be on the lookout for that. If you don't want to do exploration or anything like that, this probably isn't the one for you and you probably want to wait for something to come out that isn't going to be more objective based. Now you can take contracts as well. Uh, so there's that. All right. Now, if you're still playing Fallout 4, which I wouldn't, see any reason why you wouldn't because it's a great game uh well check out this um mod called frost now frost is kind of like dust for uh, fallout new vegas in a way that makes it very difficult or more of a true survival game where resources are limited um and the outside will actually kill you because this is more of after or quite a bit not that long after all the bombs hit so the planet is very irradiated and anything can kill you now you can kill anything pretty easily as well but the enemies can kill you pretty easily too now the lower level enemies will miss shots which is a good thing but if you're looking for a really really more difficult more i'm going to get killed by everything type of a game and you want more challenge from fallout 4 frost is going to be the one for you um, NPCs are not friendly and they will attack you, so be on the lookout for that um, because, I mean, that's what happens when you know the world ends. Um, but yes, you will die quite a bit, so save a lot and make sure that you um, know your enemy and know if you can win a fight or not. It's not like Fallout 4 Vanilla where it wasn't as difficult, but, I mean, if you're looking for more of a challenge or something to, you know, boot up Fallout 4 again, this could actually be it, yeah. 
All right, moving on to um, Project Cars 2. So there was a Kickstarter for the second version of Project Cars, and it looks like it was it was successful Kickstarter as well. There hasn't really been too much uh, news about it, but today there has been, and uh, the CEO or the head of uh, Mad Game or Mad Studios, uh, slightly Mad Studios, excuse me, CEO CEO Ian Bell said um, it it could be released September ish or September. Um, so, I mean, it's still quite a bit of ways, but if you're looking for probably the most realistic car game, uh, excluding Gran Turismo, Project Cars is that one for you. It's a pretty good game, pretty realistic, pretty difficult as well. Um, so if you kind of like more of the arcading racing of like Need for Speed, this is not the game for you. But if you like the more authentic, um, different types of cars and like configuring and tuning it, like the first one, this one's going to... Also that as well. Plus, it's going to add uh, Porsche as well because the exclusive licensing agreement with the EA expired last year, and so they can actually add Porsche and a lot of other cars as well. So, if you were looking for any news on that, this is the news for you. It's going to come out September or May, I should say, May come out September-ish because they aren't really specific about that at all, not at all. All right, moving on to. Uh, gaming deals for the weekend. So there is a promo for GOG where it has several different ones. So there's Pan Pan, uh, Pause, PDI Shelter, Shelter 2, Leisure Suit Larry's series is on sale and a whole bunch more for up to 80% off. So you got quite a bit of, they're actually not that bad. Um, some could go down to 40 cents. So, I mean, yeah, 40 cents for that. Why not? Uh, but yeah, check that out. Also for Green Man Gaming, Chivalry Medieval Warfare is $2.50. Uh, so you can get that. I don't know how many people are actually still playing it because it's about uh, five years old now. Meh, not really five. It's about four and a half-ish years old now. So you can get it, but don't be surprised if no one's really playing it because it's not really a new game. So there's that as well. Also, you have Everspace. Everspace is uh, about $25 for it, and it's a flight sim game. Yes, it's, it's now it's early access type of a thing, so um, it's not really fully a game yet, but it could be a really good uh, competitor for um, Space Sim in general because Space Sim is kind of, it's becoming a little bit more popular, so check it out. It's, and also Resident Evil 7 on Green Man Gaming is 18% off too, and it comes out this month, the 24th. So I'm actually really excited for this one because it kind of brings it back to more of the scary house type of haunting than the last one that was more action-oriented and, well, a little ridiculous to me, it seemed like. Also for Steam, you have Firewatch is on sale for 12 bucks. You have Planetary Annihilation Titans for 5 bucks. Um, you also have a slew of other ones, but those are kind of like the heavy hitters of the deals as well. Um, you have Paladins, which is kind of like a, it seemed like a very Overwatch ripoff uh, on these as well. So you can check those out if you want to do some upgrades. But the Founder Pack is 10 bucks, so it's about half off for that as well. Um, and you have a few others like the Flight Simulator 10 Steam Edition, which is 10 bucks if you really want to have the most, uh, most authentic um Fight similar, you can't. Also, Besiege is $6 as well. It's a pretty good one as well. So you have all that. And that's the end of Gamers Cafe. Thank you for tuning in. And as always, 
subscribe to Digital Coffee on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Acast, Autocast, uh, and slew of others. Probably I'm on there as well. Also, be sure to follow Digital Coffee on Anchor Radio, uh, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, player.me, as always, and Twitch, Daily Motion, uh, Hitbox, and Beam. Next week, I'm actually going to start live streaming gaming on the weekends. Yes, I'm actually going to do it. Let's see if, if I actually start doing it. I've been really bad at that. Anyways, um, also be sure, if you like these podcasts, please, sure, be, please be sure to support me on Patreon and Podbean. I really appreciate it. Or you can go to the website and pick up some lovely t-shirts and coffee mugs on there as well. Join me tomorrow when I go through marketing blend and all the marketing news. All right, guys, have a good weekend and see you tomorrow. Later.